Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson. If you're listening to this, then I know you are enjoying the Bumps and Thumbs podcast. In order to continue to run the podcast and get guests on the show, we need support from people like you. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. Once you are there, you'll have options to select from to make a monthly contribution. Your support will help us get on wrestling stars that require financial compensation. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, a talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is best known for his time in the AWA, Georgia, and Memphis. He has worked with many of the pro wrestling greats of the past and is well known throughout the pro wrestling world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Mr. Alan West. Alan, thank you for coming out today on Bumps and Thumps. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Brian. This is a great honor. Appreciate you having me. You know, when you reached out to me a while back after I did a few podcasts and uh, I, I remember the name, I had to go look it up and, yep. uh, but I, then it, it clicked and uh, you know, you got a lot of, uh, a lot of great matches from your days in the AWA, Georgia and Memphis that I, that I watched. And uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, I, I, I saw the other day, a thing about you and it kind of compared you uh to magnum ta yeah <laughs> as far as your appearance and everything you guys had a very similar with the mustache the long hair in the back and and all that is pretty it's pretty neat i thought that was pretty amazing comparing you to magnum ta so yeah that was kind of the look back in the 80s yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i remember different now i mean but hey that's all right you you for those of you that are watching I think the man's aged very well. So, <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, growing up, uh, I understand you're from Minnesota. Uh, yep. Talk a little bit about your childhood, if you would, and, and your family life and, and some of your schooling. Yeah, yeah. I was um, born in uh, Minneapolis, and uh, we, uh, my dad started a family over in East Bloomington, and okay. um I kind of grew up there in my uh, grade school. Then we moved over to West Bloomington, and um, which was uh, uh, supposedly a better side of town. But uh, um, my dad lost his job, and uh, basically, the only thing I remember growing up is uh, we were always in. Um, I think it was baseball, football, and I played hockey. Uh, just kept us busy doing that. And, uh, we didn't really have a lot of stuff. I had a brother, I have a older brother, I have an older sister. So I'm the, I'm the baby of the group. And, uh, I just kind of played on their heels and kind of learned what they were doing, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that was kind of, kind of my upbringing. So, yeah. um, did you do any there were wrestling? Did you do any amateur wrestling? Um, well, yeah, we, uh, I did go out for the wrestling team, I believe, 
my junior year in high school, I believe. Um, uh, first thing I was, I was pretty good at it, but the, after the first practice coach, coach wanted me to cut all this weight. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> high school is different, man. You gotta, you want to get as lean as you can to dominate. Right. And uh, yeah. I was trying to get stronger for football and uh, so uh, okay. I, it didn't last long, but I, I did uh, dabble in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, did you go to college after high school? And Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I went to uh, Bemidji State uh, for about a year and a half. Then I went to the U of M for about a year, University of Minnesota, and then uh, ended up in Mankato, Minnesota, Mankato State. And I uh, had a scholarship there to play football. Awesome. All right, well, let's talk about how you got started. I understand you were trained by the, the great Eddie Sharkey. Yeah, it was, uh, well, when I was uh, in college, um, my junior and senior year, I had three roommates that were basketball players. And uh, so I was uh, the runt of the group. And one of the uh, roommates was John Laurinaitis, um, the infamous okay. Johnny Ace today. And he's back with, back with WWE, I think, as a <laughs> talent guy. But uh, yeah. You know, at that time, cable TV just came out, and his brother, which is Joel Ornitis, Animal, none of us knew anything about wrestling at all, except that Joe was going to be on Saturday night on TBS, and we tuned it in, and that's what we would do. We would watch it, and that's that was the only real exposure I had to wrestling. Okay. Um, I was really good at football in college. Um, I got a few... Uh, tryouts in the pros i signed a contract with the vikings actually oh wow okay um, that's, yeah that's, uh, that's pretty neat what grants comeback year 85 yeah <laughs> um i was a linebacker and uh okay it was t- it was i just had bad luck i had a real bad neck injury i had a knee injury um it was cool i mean uh, the older you get it's it means more <laughs> back then yeah. it was like disappointment you know right but, uh, yeah i was still friends with john john Laurinaitis, and uh we would visit Joe when he was in town sometimes. And, uh, I wasn't doing much. I was, I was working at a, uh, a, a, health club and working out and bouncing at night after the, uh, the Viking thing. And then, uh, we just got to talking and I'm like, Hey, I'm in great shape, but we're, you know, can I, is there any other way to make money? You know? So, uh, John said, uh, Joe thinks you could do it, man. Joe thinks you could go in and, uh, he said, you got a good look. You could be a baby face. You know, I didn't know half that stuff at the time, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I was like, it's just nothing. It was no passion to do it, you know, but, um, I didn't, and then I started talking to John more about it and, uh, Joe set it up. He said, Hey, go meet. He goes, there's a guy named Eddie down in, uh, I don't know where we were at the time, some junior high in St. Louis Park basement, something. I don't know where it was. <laughs> I show up and there's like six other guys just, you know, barely walking. The walking dead's going in there. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, what's, what am I doing here? And it was just a little, little it wasn't a ring. It was a pad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a pad. Um, I don't know what I gave him. Joe, Joe helped me because he, he, I didn't have to pay as much as the other people, but, uh, yeah. 
I had no idea. So I just started learning it from there, man. It was yeah. crazy. It was, uh, and, uh, that was the era of, uh, I mean, I was only exposed to the road warriors for like, right. that's the first passion I had for wrestling. So I'm, I'm assuming all these wrestlers are the size of these guys. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. and they were at this camp. Uh, I don't know if you don't remember Terry Shapinsky, the warlord. Oh yeah, I remember Warlord. Warlord yeah, I mean, Warner, he, he had yeah. a great career, but he was—he started with me. I mean, okay. that guy is massive. Yeah. And uh, we had, I think, T. Joe Khan. I think this was his name. T. Joe Khan. Yeah. I mean, they're all coming back to me, but those were the guys I remember at the camp with me. And and then uh, we would do. Eddie kind of ran an independent circuit a little bit, around like Wisconsin, Iowa, Winnipeg. I don't know. Uh, so we kind of tried to learn the ropes that way, but it was, I was so naive and green that I, he wouldn't really smarten you up, you know? So we had, you know, we had, like I was wrestling the warlord in there. He wasn't the warlord then, but neither of us knew what the heck was going on. It was, a, it was an ugly match, you know, but uh, I remember it. And I was thinking back on it. I'm like, wow, it came, he came a long way, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's interesting. What do you think, uh, you know, Eddie, I've, you know, Eddie, came, Eddie Sharkey, Vern Gagne's camp. I mean, what do you think it is about guys from Minnesota in that time period? Because, you know, your group of guys, probably from, I don't know, the late 70s into the mid 80s, there was just a bunch of guys that were from Minnesota that came mm-hmm. on the scene. I mean, it was incredible. And, and do you think, is it the water? Is it the, the way you're up, um, they're brought up? Is it the school? Well, I think they, uh, I mean, like Eddie, you know, you had to back, I don't know what it is now, but right. I think it's easier to get trained now than it was back then. I mean, mm-hmm. you had to, it was like an underground thing. I mean, you couldn't, <laughs> there's no internet. You couldn't like Google, Hey, how do you become a pro wrestler? Right. You had to know somebody that knew somebody that could get you in. Right. Right. And, uh, and I think they would put their word in, meaning they would, it meant something like, Hey, I I'm vouching for this guy. Okay. Yeah. I think nowadays you can just pay your money and no matter who you are, you get trained. Right. But that doesn't mean you're a pro wrestler in, in right. our world. Pro, being a pro wrestler is making a living at doing it year round. Mm-hmm. You know? um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think they went after the right people, the right athletes and, uh, and a lot of them were ex football players and wrestlers. And, um, so, I mean, it, it was a, it wasn't a lot of us, so I don't know the other schools well, back then. I don't know. I don't, there was, there was one of the lot of schools. I'm just saying there was a lot of guys, uh, during that time, the territorial system that were from Minnesota. Well, it was kind of back then it was the muscle era, era a little bit. Um, right. It was just turning with the, with the warriors. So, Usually, if you're if like me, I mean, I, we would hang out with. We knew the the road warrior. We knew Johnny Ace. Yeah. All of us worked out. We all went to the gym. Yeah. We'd all cross each other's paths. So right. that you know, it wasn't just plucking somebody from you know your school. It right. Was a, yeah. I, I was just curious. I, I think it's part of it's a work ethic thing because I'm not saying people are lazier now. I'm just saying that that time frame there was a lot of guys from the midwest you know wisconsin minnesota michigan iowa illinois 
that, in my opinion, in that era dominated professional wrestling. I mean, yourself, Barry Darso, Rick Rude. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Road Warrior, Hawk and Animal. Uh, I could name a hundred. And, and that's uh, and that I was learning that when I was training that these guys that I wasn't personal with, like you just mentioned them all, but they were they were on TV now. Mm-hmm. They were they were on TV. A lot of them went down to Georgia, and uh, and so I could see. You know, they're like, "Hey, you know, that's Barry Darso," and I'm like, "Oh, really?" You know, I'm like, "Yeah, he's from he knows so." I'm like, "Oh," so I knew it was possible then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then I, because we, you know, I I wasn't a wrestling fanatic back then, um, so I had to learn everything kind of on my own. Because, like I said, today it's so you just go Google everything, right? I, <laughs> I mean, you could all the fans know more than we do. I mean, <laughs> very very true. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, it's yeah, they had a great group of people, and they made they made a lot of money, you know. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit uh, promotions you worked for. Uh, you worked for the I found the three: the AWA Georgia Championship, uh, Memphis. Was yeah. there anyone, any promotion in particular that you just really enjoyed being in and working in? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, the 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 one that I felt most comfortable and had a blast at was down in Memphis. Um, okay. And we actually lived in Nashville at the time, but uh, that, I mean, I, uh, after Eddie Sharkey's camp, I kind of uh, got a so-called tryout with the AWA and not, not on my own. I mean, Eddie did it and Joe did it and, um, and I started, and then it was probably two, three months. I wrestled pretty regularly for him in, I don't know, I think it was 86 maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's where I met, uh, I just saw him on your show, the, uh, the Colonel, the Colonel, man, the Colonel De Beers. He was awesome. Yeah. He was a, yeah, um, yeah. He, uh, so I was really green and, uh, I didn't train with the Vern or anybody and I didn't, I was just hanging out wrestling, probably the opening matches with, or no, I mean, you know, first or second match, uh, at, you know, do the regular tour, you'd go to you know, five outstate areas in Minnesota. Right. You know, um, but it was pretty, we had good, we had five, six matches a week. And, um, and then I got offered, uh, to go to, um, Europe, uh, Germany, I think it was Germany. I'm, uh, for oh, some wow. reason, I think it might've been Germany. Uh, yeah. is that where you probably know more than that? Is that where uh, that Otto Vance is? Yeah, Otto Vance, Germany. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the deal was, I don't know what a back at the time. I don't know. He, the offer was, it wasn't a lot of money uh-huh. for going. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to freaking Germany for 12 weeks. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, so I was in the locker room. I was talking to the Colonel and the Colonel's like, he goes, dude, I go over there all the time. He goes, he goes, you're getting ripped off, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, shit, of course I am. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> So, and I don't know if he, you know, he made, he got me so wound up that I walked into Vern's office. First time I ever talked to Vern <laughs> and I'm asked, I asked Vern for more money <laughs> to go to Germany and yeah. I've been in the business for two months. <laughs> oh, my. it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying it probably didn't go very well, did it? No, but even, uh, 
the beer said, you know, you know, he goes, no, he, he's going to give you, you know, three, 400 bucks more a week. Cause he's getting X amount for sending you over there, you know, but yeah, yeah. It was a, it was, a, I mean, I really didn't want to go over there. I'm not a big overseas guy, Yeah. Uh, but that kind of burned my first bridge with them. And yeah. uh, I started getting booked less. So oh, yeah. um, I talked to my buddy, Johnny Laurinaitis and he's like, uh, he goes, let me call Joe. And Joe says, Hey, I got you a starting date down in Georgia championship wrestling, uh, you know, in three weeks or whatever. He goes, Here, here's the address, you know, go look up Dusty. He's the booker. He'll take care of you. I'm like, cool. I got in my car, went down there. Um, didn't know what I was getting into. And I learned very quickly the first week that I was only there as enhancement talent. <laughs> I was uh, just getting plowed. At least yeah. AWA, I was having a good match learning. Yeah. I went, I went down there and got, I just got my ass handed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it, it did two things. I mean, it it smartened me up more, but it also made me appreciate that you know you can't give up and uh, right. you have yeah. to fight. And uh, what was cool though about getting beat up three, four times? I mean, I was getting paid way more there than I was in AWA. Though. Yeah. So it was more of a. Then I was learning the monetary side of it. That yeah, no contract. I mean, you had to show up. You got paid, right? You know? Right. Um, so I had a lot of matches with the rock and roll express. Uh, what's his name? Uh, who's Ricky Robert. Yeah. Ricky, uh, uh Ricky yeah. Morton and Robert Gibson. Yeah. No, Ricky was so nice to me. Every, he wouldn't, he wouldn't pin me. Like if we're doing a TV match, mm-hmm. he would, I mean, I'd get the finish and go in there and I'm supposed to get pinned. And during the match, he go, he goes, tag your partner. I'm like, well, we're supposed to go home. And he goes, Take your partner. I take my partner. He'd get beat. <laughs> like, Dude, what are you doing? He's like, he's like, you're better than that, man. You're better than that. And I'm yeah. like, so he helped me with his contacts, get a full a gig down in um, Memphis. Okay. Um, and uh, Bobby Eaton was really a good inspiration to me too. He uh, yeah. super, super nice guy. Yeah. Didn't care that I was an under guy, you know, um, mm-hmm opened up gave me his knowledge and uh yeah i've heard a lot of good things about bobby eaton before he unfortunately he passed away last year and uh i have heard uh in fact i went to a uh mid-states wrestling down in harrison arkansas a few months back they did a tribute to bobby eaton uh because he was so inspirational to them there and Mm -hmm. i have had just nothing but wonderful things about that man. And I wish I would have, I was, uh, just a quick note and then we'll get back. Uh, I was supposed to get with Jack Lord. I don't know if you know who that is. He was really good friends with Bobby Eaton and I was going to do a podcast with him, but then he, uh, got in really bad health and then unfortunately passed away. And, uh, but I heard nothing but great things about the guy. Yeah, so yeah. Tremendous, you know, and, yeah. uh, so Ricky got me started in uh, Ricky Morton made a phone call to Jerry Jarrett. He was a promoter back down then. He was running it and uh, showed up in Louisville. And uh, that was great. I mean, I learned so much more down there. I could work. I mean, that was literally 330 days a year down there. I mean, that was, uh, and, and mo- to the most part, you could come home on most trips. You know, uh, a lot of people would stay out. Uh, 
they're usually two, three hour drives. It wasn't real bad, you know, um, money wasn't great, but, uh, I learned so much more down there and, um, had some, you know, met some great guys down there and uh, learned a lot down there too. You know, I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about Memphis, uh, with Jerry, Jerry, Jarrett and, uh, and Jerry Lawler. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jerry Lawler is the Vern Gagne down there, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Learned that quickly. I mean, it was, uh, it was talk about passionate wrestling fans in the eighties. Wow. Down there in Memphis and Nashville and Louisville and, yeah. Evansville. Um, holy cow. I mean, yeah. we saw, I mean, they, that was, you know, it was like a Super Bowl every time we went into these arenas. It was well, crazy. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. great. That's no, great. It was, um, it was amazing. I mean, uh, I, I, in Nashville, we li- I lived in Nashville and it was, that's a great place to live, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. That's pretty neat. Um, so did you ever work in any, uh, I mean, you sold out arenas and things like that, but like pay-per-view is just getting kind of going. Then yeah. you had the WrestleMania the wrestle rocks, the super clashes, the starcades. Did you any ever work in any of those type of, you know, I, I never did get on those. Okay. Those big, huge events. Yeah. Uh, the, the only, uh, big ones, uh, were, um, well, AWA, I can't, I, know, I was going to say after the Nashville, I got a chance to come back to AWA in 87, mm-hmm. 88. Yeah. So I ended up back here, but then I did a couple of those, those Christmas shows were pretty big, you know? Yes. And, uh, yeah. Um, there was one huge show down in, um, it was at Memphis. The headliner was uh, uh, Jerry Lawler versus um, Austin Idol hair versus hair match. Uh, I don't know if you've never seen it. It's, it's on YouTube. You got a lot. Yeah, I've seen it. it yeah. It's it was pretty... a, the, the place actually rioted. They were climbing yeah. the cage and fans were, I mean, it was, it was insane. And yeah. uh, that was a huge crowd. Back, uh, yeah. We had some good, yeah, they had, they took their wrestling pretty serious. Yeah. I, I have seen a lot of those matches in Memphis and they, yeah, they're hardcore Fans. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they did a lot of gimmick matches, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything back? I mean, like you see them probably more today because it's online. But uh, yeah, you know, they would throw out that hair versus hair or yeah. loser leave town, barbed wire, dog yeah. collar, all that stuff. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I miss those. I'll be honest with you, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Chemistry with wrestlers. Uh, is there one person that either you tagged with or you wrestled against that really you just had that that chemistry? You just it just flowed well. Was there anybody in particular? Uh, yeah, I think. Um, well, when I was in the Memphis territory, I had you know you had rivalries with other you know you'd work with someone for sixty days, you know. Um, mm-hmm every night. And, uh, and I don't know if you guys know of him. I mean, his name was Dale VC. He was called the hunter and he had a valet named Bambi. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrestled him every night for two or three months and some crazy matches, you know, false count anywhere, you know, barbed wire, all that crap. But it was, um, we could do that in our sleep. I mean, 
it was the match. It was so much fun. You didn't, yeah. you know, it was just easy. He knew what I did. I knew what he did. Yeah. Um, that's, that was fun. And then um, I wrestled uh, in Georgia a lot. Uh, I took on Brad Armstrong. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great wrestler. Oh, great person, you know? Yeah. But he would teach me stuff every, I mean, after the match, he would say, yeah. here's what I did. Here's why I did it. You know, then we, then we started, it was just easy, you know, I mean, it was work. We were doing great, but it was afterwards. You just go, man, that's the way it should be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are the two that step out. I mean, there's a lot of, all the veterans I worked with were really good. Um, you know, um, I do want to touch on, uh, Kurt, Kurt Henning was, uh, an amazing kind of a mentor to me. Um, yeah. He, he, he went out of his way to help me and he was the, I think he was the top guy back then. Um, but you know, he didn't have to give me the time of day, you know, but he was, he was amazing. Um, I never, I only worked against him a couple of times. Um, but, uh, I, I just think he, he stands out to me a lot too. So. Heard a lot of good things about, about Kurt, you know, unfortunately he passed away early in, in life and, uh, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. You, you have your guard down, guard down. He'd, he'd get you, but yeah, I heard he was a jokester pretty, pretty a lot, but, so. but the next day he'd be your best friend, man. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, you can't stay mad yeah, at him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, question about, did you ever have any like real heat with anybody? I mean, and you don't have to say a name or anything. You just, I'm just curious. Cause sometimes people say, no, never had anybody that gave me a problem. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I'll say two names. I have no problem doing that. I mean, I'm, um, I mean, you have to remember when I was wrestling, I was, I was a big dude back then. Oh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I know. I've seen you. I mean, I was <laughs> put together pretty good. I was about 250, you know, pretty solid, 6'2". Yeah. Um, and I was athletic and I was tough just because I had long blonde hair didn't mean you weren't a tough guy, you know. But, right, uh, yeah. Um, but when I, in Georgia, I had a couple of guys that would try to take advantage of you, you know, um, and I would, cause I was a, a low guy there, you know, I was getting beat every night. So I would go against their top guys and, uh, um, the one, I mean, one guy that I, I just absolutely couldn't stand is Bill Dundee. I mean, um, okay. star Bill Dundee was in Georgia, but down there and, and ended up, I ended up wrestling him again in memphis after that but uh i didn't i didn't i didn't care for him the way he talked the way he thought he was the toughest guy in the room uh in the locker room and yeah. uh he treated me pretty bad and uh put it this way i was uh, you know I, I i was i had my guard up i was ready so uh, right. i wrestled him a lot and yeah. uh um nothing ever happened though and then yeah. the other guy was tully blanchard tully really blanchard. tully blanchard Okay. Yeah, he treated me like garbage, and uh, which is fine. He can do whatever he wants, but uh, yeah. Um, you know, back then that was pretty big time for Georgia down there. I mean, we would get on yeah. their. They had a private jet, and I would get on that probably once a week to the bigger shows, mm-hmm. and then it's usually reserved for all the fifteen guys making all the money, right? Right. Rightfully so. So sometimes I would have to go on there. They would tell me to go on there. I, I didn't force myself on there. Right, right. Um, and he would just treat you like a piece of garbage. And, and he wasn't joking, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just like 
I just think it was some unnecessary crap that, yeah. I mean, you know, you're around, that's a lot of testosterone every day you're around, man. I mean, yeah. you know, people hated me too. So, <laughs> but, uh, th- those are two guys I wish I, uh, I have no problem meeting today if they want to talk about something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. So do you watch any pro wrestling today much? Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I see clips online, you know, yeah. uh, I don't watch the programs. Um, yeah. I did maybe 10, 15 years ago when my buddy, I'm still in contact with John Laronitis. He's, yeah. uh, he used to be, uh, he had a big role. He was like the, uh, I don't know, GM or something. <laughs> GM uh, of SmackDown and or yeah, Raw, yeah, one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. So I would try to catch some of that when he was yeah. doing that. Cause it was yeah. hilarious. And, yeah. uh, but, uh, and then when he'd come do shows here sometimes and I, I would meet him somewhere, but I, you know, I, I don't really, I, I know of it cause it's on the high, I know I belong yeah. to a lot of social media groups that shows all the highlights what's going on. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love what Brock Lesnar's doing. He's, he, I think he's bringing a lot of, toughness back to the sport uh yeah um but i can't i don't know it's it's tough i can't watch much more than 20 minutes before i get i get a little repulsed i'll be honest but yeah (laughs) i uh, yeah i think to me um the biggest thing is they they talk too much they they uh they do 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes of the show is them in the ring back and forth talking smack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, back in your day, if you did an interview, it was, it was two minutes either yeah. after the show, after you're uh, were in the ring or right before you went in the ring, you did your stuff. And then the next match came or whatever. And now oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's just, you know, and, and obviously it works for them because they're very successful. I just think that it's kind of a lost art of uh, the, the show. And I think that's why, too, there's a lot of more, um, how do you say, thriving for uh, the independence now and the you know other organizations that are coming up. And, and I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. uh, I just, it might be, I mean... I'm generalizing, but you know, the ones that I'm watching, you know, what is there? Let's say there's 30 wrestlers that they rotate through. Right. But Mm -hmm. 26 of them aren't more than 200 pounds. Yeah. They're a lot smaller now. I'll say Um, right. And which is, which is needed and and it's good, but Mm -hmm. I, I just, as me as a fan, I can't watch five matches like that. I mean, I just can't do it. I just, yeah. I don't have any interest. I, I yeah. want, I want to see something that I don't, I don't know. I just think it's more gymnastics and uh, great moves. Uh, they're great, super talented. They are. They're, yeah. They're yeah. getting paid a lot. So they're doing something right. It's just yeah. way different than what I did. You know? Right. Right. No, I, I, I agree with you. So, all right. So, what kind of things are you working on now, sir? Uh, some projects coming up, anything going on? Um, I do. I, I run a, uh, a nonprofit company. 
Okay. The uh, MS Birdie Bash Gala. It's for uh, multiple sclerosis. Okay. And uh, I've done that for this is my 11th year. We've raised over a half million dollars. Oh, wonderful. We, uh, we give out grant money to individuals uh, in Minnesota okay. that need help with equipment and, you know, wheelchairs or medicine. It's very expensive disease. And uh, yeah. so we, I, I we do a, a fall, big, huge fall gala every every year, uh, October usually, and uh, so that's kind of my uh, passion is try to help others that are unfortunate, you know. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right. <laughs> it's, uh, no, that's that's that is great. So, all right. Well, from there, I think we're gonna wrap it up. I really appreciate you coming on here today. Um, for yeah. those of you that are listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you, uh, Mr. Alan West, a, a talent that uh, to me, I know, you, I, know, I know you only did it for a few years, but I think myself and I think a lot of others that are either watching or listening to this will tell you that you had, a, you had an impact on the business for the short time you were there even. Um, you know, I think Great. you had a big impact and uh, I'm glad you're doing well uh and your and your foundation is doing well and and uh that's great so appreciate you coming on sir thank you you bet anytime man i appreciate the uh the time and uh it's great talking to you brian all right now thank you and folks please uh thanks again for watching or listening and we will talk to you soon